It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. We have a great guest tonight. Something a little bit different than what we're usually doing out there on the podcast. And we're working today with Spark Tank Franchise Marketing Company and Juliet is with us. And Juliet, I'm not going to be able to say your last name correctly, so I'm not going <laughs> to It's a bit of a tough one. It's Juliet Schmirler. It's a tough one to pronounce. Juliet Schmirler. So Juliet founded Spark Tank Franchise Marketing, which is a boutique marketing agency that specializes in franchise recruitment campaigns and uh, local marketing for franchisees in business since 2001. So almost two decades solid. Juliet has been working with emerging national franchise brands across Canada and the U.S. And uh, you're based in Canada, is that right? That's right, yeah. I'm in Vancouver, B.C. Cool. I was there uh, last summer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah summer is a good time to be here. It's not too, not too rainy. It's pretty rainy the rest of the year. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. Yeah. That town and, uh, a little bit of a foodie town, and uh, I'm a little bit of a foodie. Yeah, it is a great place for restaurants. And I actually grew up in Toronto, so I, I love the milder climate out here and being close to the ocean and the mountains. So it's, it's great. It is a beautiful spot. Absolutely. So how did you get into this kind of marketing that you're doing for franchise companies? Well, when we started out, we were actually more of a generalist firm doing marketing and website development for all kinds of businesses. But we started to work with franchises, and I found that I was really kind of drawn to the franchise model. I come from a pretty entrepreneurial background, and I just love the whole the way that the franchise industry kind of creates all these opportunities for people to own their own businesses. And I love all the systems and the branding and everything that goes into franchising. So kind of decided to specialize a little bit more and start working with the franchise industry. And, you know, one of the things they say is really important to do with marketing is to sort of figure out what is the problem that you can solve for your audience. And I think one of the biggest challenges in the franchise world is finding franchisees. You know, it's, it's a challenging thing to find people who are ready to kind of make a big change like that in their life and consider a franchise opportunity. And I just started to really dig into what was needed to develop programs around recruiting franchisees. And it it just really kind of took off. There was a lot of demand for that. And we were able to combine our knowledge in like website development and developing marketing materials with lead generation and lead nurturing and all kinds of things. And we sort of developed programs specifically, you know, geared to that. And it's an awesome thing. And and it's you know, we say franchising is so different than your regular mom and pop businesses or your you know, big corporate entities that are out there. And you have so many local franchisees that, that need the franchise or its help. That's why they bought a franchise, right? It's a, it's a business with training wheels. So somebody like me, when I bought my first franchise, I had no idea how to do any kind of marketing. I didn't even know what marketing was. I thought it was advertising. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I needed help from people like you. Yeah, I think the appeal of the franchise model is that you kind of get, to some extent, a business in a box. I mean, you still have to make it work and, you you know, you, you still have to make it happen. But you kind of benefit from the franchisor's experience and the relationships they have. And, you know, they've kind of tested everything out and ironed everything out, hopefully, before you come along. And so it, it's a nice, slightly less risky way to jump into entrepreneurship. 
you know, absolutely. And, you know, that's what this whole show is about. We have a lot of people that are listening in that want to buy a franchise, other people that want to franchise their particular business. We have a lot of CEOs of franchise companies that are listening in, not to mention lawyers and suppliers to the franchise industry. So the content that you are sharing tonight is really just par for the course for, for the listeners on every level. So I'm, I'm excited to have you. One thing that is on a lot of people's mind, and I have my notes here, what information and features should be uh, or should a franchise recruitment website have? So franchise recruitment website is different than the public consumer website, right? Right. We have a program called a franchise growth program, and there's kind of three stages to that. And the first stage uh, that we go through with, with our clients is to help them develop their marketing materials so that when somebody is looking at a franchise opportunity, and nowadays there's, with the internet, people are doing a ton more research before they even reach out to talk to a salesperson. So you really want to make sure all your ducks in a, are in a row when you're putting your messaging out there. So the, one of the biggest things is obviously having a really great franchise recruitment website. And that's, yeah, like you said, it's separate from your consumer site because the messaging and all the information is geared to a potential franchisee as opposed to a consumer who might be buying your hamburgers or, you know, joining your gym or what have you. So some of the things that are really important are... First of all, you want to tell your story about your franchise. You know, what is this about? Who is this for? Who's behind the franchise? Present like an authentic story of who started this and, you know, who are the key players in the franchise. I think it's also really important to have a section where you tell potential franchisees what you have to offer. So what kind of support are you offering? Are you going to give them help with marketing, operations, uh, location, finding a location if that's relevant? financing, all that sort of thing to help them feel at ease and you know, understand why, what the benefit is of joining your franchise. Another thing that I think is really, really key in a franchise recruitment site is to have testimonials, case studies, ideally videos of franchisees talking about their experience with your brand. Because there's really nothing that sells a franchise more than hearing a real life story of somebody who, you know, for whatever reason, they decided to jump on board and become a franchisee and talking about what a positive experience they've had. And I just think that just brings it's become so much more relatable and real to the prospect to actually hear real stories of people who've you know, had a success with the with the franchise. And then I think the last thing that's really important that people often forget is to have a super strong call to action because you want to make it easy for somebody to take the next step because the franchise recruitment site is really just a place for people to get information and reach out to a salesperson. So just try to just not have too many distractions on your website and, and have it really easy for them to find a place where they can, you know, download an information kit or attend, sign up to attend a webinar or, you know, just fill out their information so that they can kind of take the next step. So make it like super easy to find especially for people who are on mobile devices and you just want to easily find that spot to kind of move forward with the process. Yeah. And that's the way it is now, right? Everybody's on mobile uh, looking yes. at everything that they want to look at. And I shouldn't say everybody, but I think the stats are somewhere around 60 or 70% of website views are happening through a phone as opposed to a laptop or an iPad or, of course, a desktop. Absolutely. Yeah. You really want to make it so that the information is concise, easy to find, mobile friendly. And especially if you're sending people to a website through social media advertising, like Facebook advertising, it's actually the numbers are even higher on there. So as opposed to someone coming right to your site from some other source, if they've come from like a Facebook ad, it's something like 90% of people are actually on mobile devices. So 
you kind of want to you want to give them the good information and make it easy to find, not overwhelm them, but make it super easy to take action. Yeah, no question about it. And and it's really interesting that you mentioned the whole social media thing. Do you think that uh, Facebook and those kind of things are good recruiting sites for franchisees? Should franchisors be pounding their money into social media to get new franchisees? Yeah, we've actually had pretty good success with, we use Facebook and LinkedIn. And Facebook is a great tool for, there's sort of different ways that you can target people on Facebook. So you can, the biggest thing is there's a, there's a lot of data on Facebook about people's interests. So you can target people according to like your basic demographics, like their age and, you know, ge- geography, where they're located, if you're wanting to find franchisees in a specific location. And then you can look at things like interests, like you can actually target people according to interests, like if they have an interest in business, if they're interested in franchise operations, you can actually find people who specifically have those types of business interests. And then you can even go kind of another level deeper. So if you have, let's say like a fitness franchise, well, you know, somebody with a fitness background or has an interest in health and wellness is going to be a little more drawn to a fitness franchise than your average everyday person. So you can kind of layer on that interest in your advertising. So there's a lot of really interesting things you can do with Facebook to kind of try to target those right people. And not every lead that comes in through Facebook is going to be a good lead, but it's a bit of a numbers game. So if you put invest enough in your advertising, you're going to get, you're going to get people to come, to come through that are a good fit. And some of them are going to go to your site and they're not going to convert, but there are, we have found that uh, we definitely get leads through Facebook. And then LinkedIn is kind of great in a totally different way because LinkedIn being a more of a, a business B2B channel it's a great place to find specific professionals. So, for example, um, we had a franchise that we worked with that was dealing with senior care, so helping in-house elderly care. And they found that people who had like a background in nursing, pharmaceutical reps, which is kind of an interesting one that I wouldn't have thought of, but this franchisor knew that, that this group were pretty good with sales and business and that sort of thing. And just people generally in this sort of with a health and back medical background tended to be drawn to this franchise opportunity. So in their case, we thought that LinkedIn would be a better channel and we really targeted people with that specific background. And with LinkedIn, you can get that kind of information more so than with Facebook. So Facebook is a little more interest-based, whereas LinkedIn, you can go after specific professionals. So that was a really good channel for that type of franchise. So we tend to kind of look at the franchise and go, okay, where do we think their audience is? Who's their ideal franchisee? And where is the best channel to kind of find those people? Yeah, no question about it. There is, you know, great success on all the social media channels, but it comes down to, you know, consistency and also trying to find the right, you know, avatar. Like, who is the real person that's going to um, relate to your franchise and have money? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is a bit of a screening process. Like, and, 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 you know, there's some trial and error that happens when you do advertising, like not just figuring out, well, who is this the right market and who, who do we want to target, but also like the messaging and what connects with people. So what do you say in your ad that maybe makes somebody take action? Like we noticed that video ads do super well. They just, again, it's that whole telling that story, showing a, a franchisee telling their story. It's super engaging. You know, you're on your mobile phone, you see a nice video, it just grabs your attention. So 
we, you know, we've learned over the years what type of messaging and what kind of, you know, uh, media you can use to really get people to engage more. Absolutely. And every once in a while, if you're watching a video on uh, Facebook Live, we're having a free screen problem every once in a while. But that's the darn internet. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So. Yeah, true enough. We have a complaint called Al Gore. So, <laughs> what are the challenges in really finding a great franchisee for a concept, regardless of the type of uh, genre that they're in? Good question. It's, you know, there's definitely challenges because it is, you're asking somebody to basically invest their money, change their life, to start a business. So it's not like selling a pair of shoes where, you know, somebody can make a quick decision. There's a really long, generally speaking, there's a pretty long buying cycle with franchise sales. But yeah, I think that, you know, it's about finding people who are ready to take action who have the money in some cases. I mean, there are some franchise concepts that are more expensive than others. Like if there's now, there's a lot of mobile businesses where somebody can get in for 50 grand or something like that. And then you can go up to 300, a million. So, you know, finding people, if you're obviously, if it's a more expensive concept, it's a little harder to find people who financially are able to do it. I think suitability too. I mean, I think a good franchise is not going to just take anyone who just wants to, join they want to find somebody who's going to be that right fit who has good managerial skills good people skills who's suitable to run a business so i mean there's so many things that you're looking for in that person and they have to you know show that they're really committed and and kind of take all those steps to sort of get to the next level so it is kind of a tricky thing i mean they say that one in a hundred leads in franchise recruitment actually become franchisees so you do have to kind of filter through a lot of people before you find that right yeah, there's person. no question about it and you know i would share that with my candidates because i spend my day matching people with franchise opportunities and i've been doing it since 2005. i found my first franchise through a franchise consultant back in 2000 and i always share with folks you know aside from having all the experience and having the money to do it your, your choice is not you know franchise a or franchise b but your choice is always the choice between uncertainty or unhappiness right right and so many people you know want to do something and like you said a uh, hundred people will contact the franchise company only one person will buy the franchise and it's mostly because of fear of the unknown fear of taking a chance on themselves and it's kind of sad in my opinion but you know, that's, that's kind of what I help people do is, is discover their own self-confidence because they've done great things in their life. They just feel like, oh, I'm just a regular guy. But, you know, they, people have done great things in their career and, you know, they finished all sorts of college and MBAs and whatever, and that ain't easy. <laughs> so, you know, running a business is not easy either. But for some people, it's fine, you know, just working a job. But for other people, it's just not good and, and they need to make a change. And so that's what we help people do is, is change. That's the main. Yeah. I agree. And I think, you know, starting a business is, can be a really scary thing. And I think, you know, franchising kind of bridges that fear a little bit because you have somebody who's going to guide you, hopefully, and you have support. And so I think it helps people who are a little bit scared to go on their own. And it's also a proven model, right? So gives you a little bit more security than if you completely started from scratch, right? Yeah. You know, a franchise is a business with training wheels. And I got that phrase from my friend and mentor, Bruce Schroeder. And I am always saying that phrase because I don't think there's anything that describes it better. But at the same time, there's, you know, somewhere around 4,000 franchises available in the United States and Canada. 
And they're not all good franchises. That, that's the thing. You got to know how to do your due diligence and understand, you know, what a franchise agreement is really, you know, what you're really signing, really understand the franchise disclosure document. And, and so helping people through that process is, is really paramount for, for people like me and, and the folks I work with at my company. And I wanted to change gears a little bit. Since you're an entrepreneur, I want to talk to you about entrepreneur stuff <laughs> that you can sure. in your own life. Is there one crazy, you know, story or challenge that you ran into that you overcame to make, you know, your business work? I think that, you know, one thing that happened with my business, because I've had it for 20 years, like you mentioned, you know, when I started out in 2001, I was make you know, basically was just doing websites. And in 2001, when you made websites, you were golden, basically. There were not that many people out there doing it. It was super easy to get yourself on the first page of AOL. There wasn't even Google back then. Like if you wanted to get on the search engine, it was a super easy process. There just weren't a lot of people around doing it. So when I started out, there weren't a lot of people doing what I was doing and the, it was a really open market. And then over the years, I think what I realized is that it's super important to become an expert in something. And I think that was something that I kind of learned the hard way because doing the more generalist thing, I think that you become more of a commodity. So I started to really kind of take all the skills I had and kind of really think about what I wanted to specialize in and to try to become more of an expert in one area. And I think that was one of the best decisions that I made because I think you have to sometimes reinvent yourself and especially in the world of marketing and technology, it's always changing and there's so many more people doing it. It's so much easier to access people than it used to be. So I think you have to find an area that you really specialize in, that you really understand really well and that you become an expert in. So that's, that was my big lesson for my business is just learning how to niche and become an expert. And that really was a, you know, really beneficial. It, it really is, and, and it's interesting because there are certain steps that someone needs to take in order to become an expert. And I often share with folks that buy a franchise through me that they need to be an expert in whatever field it is that they just born into. And, you know, a lot of times, most times, they have no experience in that field at all, but it doesn't really matter. You need to get quoted in a couple of articles and get some word of mouth going around the neighborhood about your business. And that's the first step to becoming an expert in whatever field it is that you're in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think that it kind of compounds over time because the more you work with a specific audience, the more you really understand, you know, what they need, the more you figure out what works for them. And you feel good about it because you get to know your service and your market really well. And then the pre people you work with, they, it builds their confidence in you as well. So it's kind of a win-win. What's the greatest piece of advice that you've ever gotten in your business life? Best piece of advice? I would say just always kind of, I guess, creating systems. I think that was probably one of the biggest pieces of advice because I think, you know, when you start a business and I mean, this is one of the benefits of having a franchise is a lot of times the systems are kind of built for you. But, you know, when I started my business, I remember somebody told me to read the book E-Myth because at the beginning, like many entrepreneurs, I was doing everything. I was wearing so many hats. And I think that you realize after a while that you can only go so far with that type of a model. So, 
when you start to develop systems in your business and that allows you to delegate and to make sure that everything gets done the right way. And now I have a team and, you know, we are always building systems. We have a, a whole project management tool with all these great little systems that we reuse and it just makes everything kind of flow so much better. And everybody on the team knows what it should be done. And it's just, it allows me to kind of focus on running the business a little more. So I think that's a big thing, like learning how to delegate, learning how to create systems. That's, that's really key. Yeah, I agree with that. Delegation is a major thing, which is, it took me years to learn how to delegate when I had my own businesses. Um, yeah. And, and it can be kind of counterintuitive because you, as a business owner, you always think I, no one else can do this as well as I can. Right. But you only have so many hours in a day, so you have to learn to delegate and actually find out that some people are actually better at certain things than you are. So it's, uh, it's a bit of an eye-opener. Yeah, yeah, right. It's humbling sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, and, and it's great. And if you're listening to this and you're a business owner, or even if you're not a business owner yet and you have not read the book E-Myth, E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, you definitely need to check that out. Stop yeah. whatever you're doing and go buy that book. Yes, definitely. Right? It's, one of, it's one of those classic, like, starting out your business books. And I think, you know, like, like he talks about in the book, you know, a lot of times people start a business because they're passionate about something like I think he has an example in there of, of a baker who loves to bake. So they think I'll start a business and I'll get to bake all day. Well, actually running a business has very little to do with doing the baking. It's good that you have a passion for it, but you have to know how to run a business too. Right. So yeah, it's a great, yeah. it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. It's like, he talks about an auto mechanic and the auto mechanic is like the best mechanic ever. And one day he wakes up and says, I don't want to work for this jerk anymore. I'm going to go start my own thing. And so, he goes and he opens up his shop and he has a couple of people follow him over and, you know, he's doing great, but he doesn't know how to market, you know? And right. so one of two things happens, either he plateaus and he essentially bought himself a job or he goes out of business because he has no new customers coming. That's where marketing, marketing, marketing 101 comes in. Absolutely. Yes. Any other books that come to mind since we're on the subject of books Any any because I'm like an audiobook person myself, but um, anything come to mind that you would recommend to the listeners now? Yeah, actually, I just read a, a really great book called WTF, which is not what you think it stands for. <laughs> it's Willing to Fail, and it's written by Brian Scudamore, who started the franchise um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, um, which um, is, a, is actually started in Vancouver, funny enough, and they've, it's a huge success story. Um, they've, they actually, they started a number of brands outside of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, but their 1-800-GOT-JUNK is, is, you know, spread out all over Canada and the U.S. They've got a ton of locations. I think they're totally sold out now, but they've actually started some other brands as well. But Brian Scudamore writes this book about, uh, it's WTF Willing to Fail. And it's about his journey into starting a franchise and then building other brands. And he just gives a really honest kind of account of his experience in building his company. And I just loved it. I, I think I read it all in like one day. And it, it's just really easy to read. And it's, it's a great story. It's very inspiring. And, and he talks about all the ups and downs. He's really honest about it. So, yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's great. Yeah. And I know, I know Brian personally. And we placed many people in 1-800-GOT-JUNK back in the day. About 15 years ago, they were just breaking out, and so that's what that's what we do a lot of times. We help companies that are you know have they have you know 25 or 30 franchisees, and they want to go national or international. That's where we come in. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, that's neat that yeah, he's he's really quite a success story. He's a great story. Super great story and a super nice guy and you know, giving back all the time to franchisees and the franchise community. So yeah, kudos to uh Brian and the whole team over there. Yeah, yeah. I remember years ago when there's a bridge in Vancouver called the Burrard Bridge and he put up little one eight hundred got junk signs all along the bridge and I'd never seen that before. Like he was really clever with PR and that kind of thing and yeah, he just kind of got the name out there really well. So, yeah, it's yeah. been really kind of neat to see his company evolve. Yeah, if you, if you ever notice if there's a 1-800-GOT-JUNK in your area, they never park their trucks in the yard. They will park yeah. them, uh, them, you know, at the gas station on the curb or somewhere where they're going to be seen. There's just a standing billboard for the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just guerrilla marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So what is a myth? about franchising or not better yet for you what's the one myth about marketing that you would like to break here myth about marketing i think one of the things that i think happens sometimes is that this i kind of see this happen sometimes when i'm working with a new franchise that's just starting to look for franchisees is i think that you know when you have your own business you're really in love with your own business and you are passionate about it and I think sometimes they're surprised when not everybody is jumping on board immediately right they they kind of think yeah who wouldn't want to own this business this is such a great opportunity so a lot of times when I work with new franchisees there's a little bit of coaching on you know it's going to take a while and you're going to need to talk to a lot of people and their people are going to be skeptical and they're going to ask you questions and is that you know don't take it personally they don't have that you know connection to your brand necessarily especially if you're a smaller brand so I think one of the things I try to tell new franchise because I get a lot of times I talk to newer newer franchises and they're like you know I'm gonna get like a hundred franchises in the next year and I'm like okay first of all that's logistically gonna be really challenging for you but also you know it's gonna take you a while to find people who are gonna invest and gonna trust and so I think it's just a little bit about understanding that marketing takes time it takes experimentation and you know there especially with something like franchise sales like there is a lot of lead nurturing that needs to go in like that's that's one thing that we kind of talk about with our program too is the whole lead nurturing side of things is you know it's not enough to just put up an ad and have somebody kind of look at your website and maybe fill out an inquiry form you need to first of all the salesperson needs to kind of keep following up and checking in and talking to that person it can take multiple conversations but you also want to have messaging that goes out like we use we use automated drip messaging that will send out messages to somebody who's interested in, in a franchise with extra information or stories about franchisees, little information like maybe a charity that your franchise supports. Just keep building that trust with a prospect. So it's not a, it's not an instant thing. You know, it's it's a trust building thing. It's about kind of selling your brand and doing it over time and and kind of building that relationship with a prospect. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's just kind of knowing that it just takes time and it takes there's a lot of facets to kind of getting somebody to a point where they're ready to buy. Yeah, there's no question about it, especially in this business of franchising. It's a very emotional emotional decision. And I found in my own uh, marketing that it, it will take me five to seven emails or videos or whatever to get somebody to say, okay, I'll talk to you on the phone now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's the issue that so much that's going on in somebody's in the buyer's head. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like people are busy and, and they maybe they've inquired and then they, you know, not, they're not ready to talk about it right away. But I think that's where those, you know, that follow up and the lead nurturing and all that kind of thing just helps to get people in that mindset of wanting to, to at least have a conversation and kind of think about next steps. No question about it. And I think that with you know, the, the whole marketing thing, I think one mistake that business owners make all the time is they think that they could market to a certain extent and then stop. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's very counterintuitive. When things start slowing down, what you need to do is double up on your marketing. But they're like trying to conserve money and they're thinking, well, marketing is the last thing I need to be doing. And that is a, a, just a great way to crash the business. And, and I use an analogy as, as a pilot, when, you know, when, if you have a stall on a plane, and the plane starts going down, your instinct is to pull back on the controls to bring mm-hmm. the head, you know, bring the nose up. And actually the method and the procedure is to point the nose down, double down. Right. Because when you double down and you get wing you get wind under your wings and that'll get you some coast time so you can restart the engines. And that's I think so incongruent to marketing. When things are slowing down you have to double down and you'll get the wing, the wind under your wings in your business and start taking off again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's really interesting how sometimes you're, you're working on like you're, you've got a lead that's interested and it could take like, it could be six months later that something happens. Like maybe their job is driving them crazy and they keep getting those emails from you. So you're staying top of mind and, they're opening them, they're reading them. Maybe they aren't taking action right that minute, but they keep seeing your email or they saw that video you sent to the franchisee talking about their you know, experience. And then one day their boss pisses them off. They're like, you know what? I'm going to call that guy that keeps emailing me and maybe I should do this franchise thing. But if you didn't keep in touch with them, you're just going to, they're going to forget about you because people are just bombarded with messages these days. So, and the thing is, you know, if somebody keeps getting your emails and they're not unsubscribing, that probably means that there's something there that they're kind of interested and they want to keep hearing from you. You know, like I, we had a we had a client that sold a franchise eight months after they first advertised to them and through the lead nurturing sequence that they were getting because, you know, all of a sudden they, the timing was right. So you're totally right. Like you, you need to keep in touch with people. You need to build that relationship and you just never know when, when somebody's going to kind of jump on board. Yeah, no question. I, my record, I think, is first contact to most recent contact was 10 years. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah I've been Amazing. 10 years. And so the record so far is 10 years. That just happened about two months ago. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. It's, so you're so right. And, and I'm, you know, just learning to do that, you know, drip campaign stuff. That's, that's new to a lot of people in my industry. And it's so effective. Yeah, it is, especially if your messaging is really authentic. Like we, we try to write really nice customized messages for each franchise. So it's something that doesn't just sound like it's, you know, a boilerplate messaging. But if you really talk sincerely about what they have to offer and share stories and, you know, keep it going and personalize it, I think, I think it is really effective. Absolutely. Can you tell us how people can get in touch with you if they want some marketing advice? Absolutely. So our website is uh, sparktankfranchisemarketing.com, which is a bit of a long one. So I'll give you an easier URL that we also use, which is findfranchisees.com. So that takes us takes you to our website, findfranchisees.com. And then you can see all the information about our business and you can get in touch there. Findfranchisees.com. That's- 
Yes, I know. I surprisingly was able to nab that web domain. I was very excited about that. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. Appreciate that. So all that information will be on our website, thefranchiseacademy.com. So you can reach out to Juliet directly and read anything else. Just get to our website, thefranchiseacademy.com, and all of Juliet's information will be there with the web address and emails and, and all that good stuff. So, Juliet, I want to thank you for being on the Franchise Academy tonight. It's my pleasure. This is great. So as things develop, because, you know, every 10 minutes, marketing on social media changes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll have you back to talk about some some more stuff, some new stuff that will be happening, you know, maybe uh, at the end of this year. That would be great. I'd love to come back. Right. Well, thanks, Juliet. We'll uh, see you at the International Franchise Association someday soon. Okay, take care. Nice talking to you. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration. 